Today's scripture reading is taken from Genesis chapter 1, verses 31 through chapter 2, verse 3. I have to just add, this is a very uh, timely passage for, to, to come up during Sunday. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. The word of the Lord. Thank you, John. Yes, this is a very, very timely passage for today, and I think for our times. This fall, we are in a teaching series on the book of Genesis. We're looking at the first 11 chapters in the book, and we're calling it Prologue. A prologue, what is it? It's the thing that's at the beginning of a story that sets the context for everything else that follows. So without it, if you kind of miss the prologue or skip it, things don't fit together. Things don't make sense. That's what Genesis 1 through 11 is in the story of the Bible. And for the story of everything. And for the stories of our personal lives. This is the prologue. You know, when you're watching a TV series, um, often what will happen at the beginning of the show, there'll be like a recap, right? And depending on what streaming service you're using, there'll be a little button that says skip the recap, right? And so you can skip it and just move in to the show. We can't do this with the Bible. We need to play this, this recap of how all things have come to be, of who we are as human beings, of these foundational elements of the beginning of the story of everything and our lives. We can't skip the recap. We need to go back to it over and over again, and that's what we're doing this fall. This morning, we are finishing the first chapter in the Bible, and I know it says in our reading, chapter 1, 31, right? to chapter 2, verse 3. So it looks like we're moving into the next chapter, but in my opinion, that's a very unfortunate chapter break in the Bible. Genesis 1 through 31 tells us about the six days of creation. Genesis 2, 1 through 3 tells us about the seventh day. Genesis 2, 4 is, I think, the better and clearer transition. It says, it's not printed, but it's there. Uh, if you have your Bible open, these are the records of the heaven and the earth concerning their creation. And then it goes on and says, and at that time. And it moves into the second scene, the second chapter of the prologue. Genesis 2, 1 through 3, is finishing part 1. It gives us that seventh day. Now, if you look at this again, you're looking at the text here in page four, one scholar, actually many scholars said something like this as I was reading up on this this week. They said, this is, look at this, this is the stunning conclusion to the first chapter of the Bible, to the opening of the Bible's story, 
Now, I just want to ask you as you look at this, is that what you felt when you heard this read? What a stunning conclusion. This was spectacular, what John Hodge just read to us. I am blown away by this. God just created the entire universe. That's pretty spectacular. He just made humanity. He made a creature, a being in his own image. What's the grand finale? You know, when you're like at a July 4th fireworks show, and often they'll tease you, right? There's be, things will be blasting everywhere. That's the grand finale. That's it. Time to pack up. And then it keeps going and it keeps going. Oh, that's the grand finale. And then by the end, when the grand finale happens, you're like, okay, that's the grand finale. This is the grand finale. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. For on it he rested from all his work of creation. Boom! Booyah! That's the grand finale. Is it? Well, if we don't understand how this is the grand finale, the capstone, the stunning conclusion of the opening to the Bible, we're missing something. We're going to be missing something in our lives, in our stories. I know I preached on Sabbath and rest back in May before I went on my sabbatical. Sabbath is something we value. We do talk about it often here, Sabbath and and, uh, rest. So do we need another message on it? Well, is, is anybody still struggling in a culture of hurry and busyness, anxiety, burnout, and restlessness? Only one person. Okay, I'm going to talk to Michael only here. (laughs) Sorry, I'm struggling too, so I need this. I need more. There are three things here in this opening chapter, this stunning conclusion to the opening chapter that I want us to see. There's a pattern. We're going to talk about the pattern. We're going to talk about the purpose for this pattern. And finally, what practice are we being called to by this? So first, the pattern. As we look at this, this beginning chapter of the Bible as a whole, Look at the whole thing again. There's one observation that is pretty clear. God's creative work has a pattern. I pointed this out in previous weeks. There is a rhythmic character to this whole chapter, to the beginning of the Bible. There's repetition that happens, right? God said, and it was so. Evening came, then morning. God saw it was good. And repeat, and repeat, and repeat. Six days of work like this. There is a rhythm. Some would even call it like a liturgy to God's work of creation. But then there is a break in this pattern on the seventh day. The seventh day is different than all others, right? If you look at it again, there's no evening and morning. Interesting. There's no creative work. There's no creative word of God. Instead, we're told he was done. It's complete. And the number of the day, the actual number of the day here is emphasized more than any other number of the other six days. The seventh day, the seventh day, the seventh day. It's repeated three times here. And this is the only day out of all the other days that is blessed. 
and called holy. So there was a pattern. There's a clear break in the pattern. But this itself is a pattern. A six plus one pattern of work and rest. We read this already in our call to confession, but Exodus 20 looks back at this section in Genesis 2, and it says this, you are to work six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, because, it gives the rationale, because in six days the Lord made everything and rested on the seventh day. In other words, there is a pattern, six plus one. God has given us a pattern. God has woven this pattern and this rhythm into the very fabric of creation, into the very fabric of our humanity. And this is important for us to see before we get to the questions that you may be wondering about this topic. What does it look like? How? What do I have to do? What are the regulations and the rules? Let's set that aside. We need to start with this passage and this prologue first. Now think about this. What happened? On the first full day of human existence, did God say, time to get to work? There is a lot to be done here. No time to waste. No. The final day of God's creative work, the first day, the first full day of humanity's existence was a day of rest. Now, think about this just in terms of Genesis 1 with me for a moment. Again, putting aside our questions about what this might look like for us, and just focus on this. Last week, we looked at the verses right before this, Genesis 1, 26 through 28 and 29. It tells us about the creation of humanity, that we are made in the image of God. We are made to reflect God. We are made to represent God. What does that mean? Well, the first lesson for humanity as to what that means, how do we image you, God? You made us in your image. Awesome. What does that mean? Well, the most obvious answer is from Genesis 1, where God says, follow my pattern. Do what I've done. Live in a six plus one rhythm of work and rest. You know, you could think of it like this. Okay, how to be human 101, first day of class. Humanity is created. I bless you, it says. You are in my image. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and rule over it. Cultivate it as I would, according to my will and my heart. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot of work to do, God. Fruitful and multiple, do do this work, rule over the earth, that's a lot of work to do. Yes, it is. Come back tomorrow. Second day of class, how to be a human 101. Okay, God, what do we do? Rest. Stop. Cease. Rest with me. It's a very important pattern here. It's a six plus one pattern. I might put it like this, and I think I have this on the slides. It's very interesting that the very first full day of humanity's existence was a day of rest. I think it points us to this pattern. We were created to work from rest, not to work for rest. 
We have these questions about Sabbath, about one whole day. Do we have to do it now? Has something changed with Jesus in the New Testament? Do we have to obey it? Is it required? And again, I think these are the wrong questions to start with. Before it's a command, that happens later in the Bible, it is a gift. Alongside the creation of light and the stars and sun and moon and sea and land and animals and plants and human life and everything we have, human relationships, in addition to all these things, God made a day, one day in seven to rest. Even the later commands about this pattern, they don't start with, thou shall do this, thou shall not do that. They start by saying, remember the Sabbath day. Be careful to remember. You are to work six days. This is how Deuteronomy 5 says it. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. Before there are any you shalls or you shall nots, or you must obey this or that, here in the opening chapters of the Bible, there is and is. <laughs> the seventh day is something. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. That's the way God made it. There is a pattern. The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, therefore keep it and obey it. And Jesus makes this very clear for us as well in Mark chapter 2. You'll see the passage reference there in your bulletin. Jesus spent a lot of time correcting this order. The Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time in Jesus' day, had placed the commands before the gift. And Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man. God made the Sabbath. He thought of it. He created it. He wove it into the world and into our lives, into our very being for us as a gift. And if God is saying to, to us, I made this for you. I made this gift for you. Would we say, no, I don't need that. If the Sabbath is and is, if it's a pattern in creation, if it's in us and it's made for us, then let me offer at this point just one application question for you to think about. If all those things are true, what are the consequences of not following this pattern, of not accepting the gift, and instead living by a pattern that we create for ourselves? just want you to think about that. And let's move on. That's the pattern. Well, what is the purpose of this six-in-one pattern, this seventh day, this Sabbath? We can learn a lot just from this short passage and from how other passages look back to this text in Genesis 2. Look again at verse 2 with me. The purpose of the Sabbath is to stop. In this passage, the adjective or noun, it's not Sabbath day, it's not remember the Sabbath. Those words are not used, but instead the verb, the verbal form of Sabbath is used. It is said that God Sabbathed. It's translated in the translation we, we have here, rested. It can be translated to cease, and it really basically means to stop. And now we know that God doesn't need rest because He is tired, because He expended all of His energy in the creation of the universe. 
He stopped and he ceased because he was finished. Verse 1, the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. Verse 2, God completed his work. The work of creation was whole, complete, and finished. And as verse 31, chapter 1 says, it was very good. It was everything it was meant to be and intended to be and needed to be. And what did God do? Well, not only is there the idea of stopping here, but if you look at Genesis 1.31, and God made this entire universe, and he says, it is very good. He stops to do what? To delight in the good creation that he has made. So right here are the three core elements of Sabbath, to stop, to rest, to delight. There is joy in work. There is joy in work in creating what will be. But there is a joy and a delight in rest, in enjoying what is. And we need to have both. Now, let's dig a little bit deeper here into the six-in-one pattern. The purpose of the six-in-one pattern is to stop in order to rest with God. I'm going to unfold four aspects of this rest. First, it's resting with God. The purpose of the Sabbath day, according to the Bible, is not to stop and have some me time, to have a healthy work-life balance so I can be more productive in my work to have good boundaries, and to do proper self-care. Those are good things, but that is not the purpose of the Sabbath as given to us here in the Scriptures because none are enough to give us the rest that we need. The purpose of the seventh day, the Sabbath day, is to enter into the rest of God. Right, we're being told here that God has a day of rest, that God Himself is resting in Sabbath day, time is to enter into that rest with God. Think about it. On the seventh day, this is what struck me in thinking about it this week. On the seventh day of creation, and we talked about how do we consider, you know, the timing of creation, but when God was finished, when God created the universe, there was a lot more to do. There was a lot more to come. A lot more that would happen in God's creation. The fall It's coming in two chapters. The need for redemption will be great. But God is not anxious or afraid. God is not frantically running around, looking ahead. And so we got to have a plan. We got to get this in place because I know what's coming. He is resting. We think about this. God, the serpent, the serpent is coming in like three chapters, in two more chapters. Do you know what Cain will do? The flood thing is coming. What's going to happen with that? Now, it can be hard when we know there's so much that's unanswered. There's so much that is difficult. There's so much that is incomplete that is to come. And we wonder, God, what are you going to do about it? but it is also meant to be very comforting to us that the God with the power to make all things good can be trusted when all things don't seem good 
to remake all things good again. That's what the Sabbath can do for us. There is a definition that I came across of true rest in Sabbath that it just struck me as great and yet seemingly impossible at the same time. And it, it goes like this. To Sabbath is to be present to God and receive restoration from God in the midst of incompleteness and unresolved tension. Incompleteness and unresolved tension, which is there all the time in our lives. Sabbath is to enter into the rest of God and to trust, to trust Him with what is incomplete and unresolved, to take our questions, our anxieties, our failures, our incompleteness into the rest of God, and to remember our place in the universe and to remember God's place in the universe, in other words, to worship, to know who we are in light of who God is, to trust, surrender, and submit. So the purpose of the pattern is to rest with God. Secondly, the purpose of the pattern is to rest from work. Scholars note that the Hebrew word for work here, it's the same word used for ordinary human work throughout the Bible. So work is good. God is a worker. We were made to image and reflect God in our work. Labor is not a punishment. We're supposed to labor for six days. There'll be another message on this later. Work is good, but if we don't observe a regular pattern of stopping our work, our work will consume us, define us, and shape us into people who believe that what we can get from our work is the thing that we can only get from God. Meaning, significance, security, and value. Work in a six plus one pattern is good. Work without this pattern is what I mean by working for rest. Just a little more. Just one more email. I just need some time on my laptop over here. I need to get this thing done. I need to finish this thing up, and then I can rest. Sabbath pattern is calling us to stop and rest from work. Rest from living as if our work can earn us or get us rest. Thirdly, rest in time. One of the most intriguing things about this passage is in verse 3, where God blessed the seventh day and he declared it holy. What does it mean to bless a day? What does it mean to say a day is holy? To bless in the Bible is to endow something with power. So God is endowing a day with certain power that other days don't have. And he's declaring it holy. He's saying this is set apart in sacred time. And like I said before, the seventh day is not like any of the other days. It doesn't say an evening came and morning the seventh day. It's as if the seventh day has no end. It's like it's a different time altogether. Some have said it's like eternity breaking into time. I saw this on Twitter this week. Maybe it's been out there forever in a meme or whatever, a gif or whatever the thing's called. It said this. It said this. Adult, adulthood is saying. 
But after this week, things will slow down a bit, over and over, until you die. <laughs> after this week, things will slow down a bit, over and over, until you die. And it was funny because when I saw that, I was saying that exact thing to myself. Like, it's been busy. That September was kind of busy. This week, things will slow down a bit. <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> Anyone feel that? It feels futile. Locked in this prison of busyness and hurry and hoping that one day things will slow down if we can just get enough done. Sabbath is the off-ramp out of that kind of time into a different kind of time altogether. Time that is not measured by productivity. Time that is instead measured by presence. There's a big difference. There's a big difference I think I've shared this illustration before between savoring a meal and actually sitting down to enjoy that meal. Many years ago, I was um, eating with another pastor at a Wendy's. It was a fine dining establishment. We were having a meeting there. And he had a salad and I had a burger or something. And he was eating it fast. <laughs> just like wolfing it down. <laughs> you know, like that. And I'm like eating and we're talking and I'm just eating my hamburger. And I took like a bite or two, and I look over, I'm like, how is he done? How is he done already? Did he even breathe? <laughs> That's not enjoying a meal. <laughs> That's how most of us live. That's how most of us relate to time. Just, how can I get so much done? I need to do this fast. We're barely even breathing. We can't be present to food, let alone to other people, if that's how we live. Sabbath is an off-ramp into a different kind of time. Finally, the six-in-one pattern, there's another purpose to it. It's offering us rest with our neighbor. I briefly want to connect the idea of Sabbath in Genesis 2 with what we talked about last week, humanity made in the image of God. Uh, when Exodus chapter 20, Deuteronomy 5, and later the prophet Isaiah chapter 58, they speak to the need of Sabbath, they don't say just do it for yourself. They say do it for others. If you caught that in our call to confession reading, it said do it for others, especially the others in your community, in your life, who are most in danger of being used in their work, of being forgotten who have the least opportunity to rest, who won't rest unless others help them to rest. In Genesis 20, it says the servants, the aliens or the immigrants, and even the animals get to rest on the Sabbath. Sabbath offers us rest to step away from self-focus and my needs to see who else needs rest and to help them find it. So let me ask you, having shared the purpose of Sabbath, how many of you feel on a regular or semi-regular basis like this? I'm stressed out. I'm stretched too thin. I'm trying to do too much. I'm too busy. Things are crazy. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm always living with this low-level anxiety that I'm missing something or that I'm carrying with me, and I just feel this restlessness. I'm always looking at the clock. I'm forgetting God is in control. I'm missing how others in my life also need rest. 
I'm there too. Do you want to have permission to stop all of that? To rest. Well, you have it. You have it from God. It doesn't get any higher than that. No matter what you have to give up, you can say, God told me to stop. Do you want a renewed relationship with God, with work, with time, and with your neighbors? Sabbath is the space that God has given to us where all these things happen. It's why he gave us the pattern. Okay. How do we do it? Well, Sabbath is one of those things in the Bible. It's very clear. It's pretty simple to understand the pattern, right? Six days of work, one day of rest. There it is. And by large, though, for the most part, we struggle. We ignore it. We half-heartedly do it. When we hear about it and read about it, we're so drawn to it. You mean God gives me permission to rest? I wish I could do it. I wish I could have it. Why can't we do it? You know, it, it's kind of insane, actually, when we think about it. We say, I'm, I'm overcommitted. I'm, I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. And somebody might say, have you tried Sabbath? You try Sabbath. No, 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 no. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. That's kind of how a lot of us function. Why? Why is that? Could it be that we are afraid to stop? I have shared this illustration before as well. I want to share it again. I want you to think of this like a car and Sabbath is like a stop sign. In our culture's pace, our car, our lives are traveling like 80 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. And we are cruising, we are going, and there is the stop sign right in front of us. 80 miles per hour, stop sign right there. We have two options. One, we slam on the brakes and stop. Two, we bust right past that stop sign. Both are very scary. When you slam on the brakes and stop, if you ever had to do that recently, it's just scary for everyone. It's scary also because whatever is like in your back seat or in your trunk is going to come flying out into the front seat. And all this garbage and trash and junk will be there in the front. But if we keep running the stop sign, at some point we'll crash. God gave us the Sabbath as our stop sign. We can either hit the brakes and deal with all the junk that might come forward or eventually crash. What does it take to stop? I think it takes us believing that it will be good for all the junk to come forward. It will be better for us. Let me dig into that a little bit more to what's underneath. If we say, if I don't keep working, then if I don't keep studying, then if I don't get through my to-do list, then whatever your version of that is, I want you to follow it and follow it and follow it. Whatever it is that makes you say six plus one, like a whole day, one, I could never do that. I want you to follow these things as far as you can. If I don't keep working then, and when you follow it, 
you'll find what you're really working for. You'll find what it is you are really working for. Your justification to prove yourself. Your meaning, your significance, your security, your salvation. You'll find what only God can give to you in Christ. What God wants to give to you in His Son. Your justification, your worth, your security, your significance, your meaning, your salvation. And Sabbath can teach us this. We were created to work from rest, not to work for rest. To work for rest, to reject the pattern God has given to us is to say, God, your work is not enough. I need to work to make it complete. But Genesis 2 tells us the work of the creation of all things by God, Almighty God, is complete and finished. Later, in the Gospel of John, Jesus, before He died, He said very similar words. Right before He breathed His last, He said, it is finished. The work of redemption by Christ is complete and finished. And in Revelation 21, at the very end of the Bible, we get a glimpse into the new creation, the end of the story, and it says, the one who is seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And then he said, write this down. And I love that. <laughs> write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. It is done. Revelation 21.6. The work of recreation will one day be complete and finished. So who are we to say, no, but I need to work to add to that. Who are we to say, I don't trust you enough, God, to stop? He said, write this down. It's true. You can trust. It is done. We can trust him, friends, with what is unfinished and incomplete in our lives. I want to ask you to close in prayer with me. I have a prayer that I'd like for us to pray. This is from an Anglican prayer book. It's for Saturday evening and the day before to prepare us for Sabbath. I think it captures for me and I, I think for many of us the kind of prayer we need to pray on a regular basis to enter into rest. Would you pray this with me? O oh God, our protector, by whose mercy the world turns safely into darkness and returns again to light, we give into your hands our unfinished tasks, our unsolved problems, and our unfulfilled hopes. For you alone are our sure defense and bring us lasting peace. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.